everybody and welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabolsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Dunnan. The Bulldogs are 8-0. and They just whipped Florida three quarters of absolute domination, one quarter of absolute confusion. So a uh, very interesting game. A lot of folks worried about this number one, number two matchup coming up with Tennessee as well. They should be. Tennessee looked fantastic on Saturday. First number one versus number two matchup in Sanford Stadium, I think, in history. One of the only three top five matches to be played in Sanford Stadium. Everybody before the season was complaining about how we don't have any good home games. Well, you got a hell of one coming this week. So college game day will be here. SEC Nation will be here. The eyes of the college football world will be on Athens this Saturday at 3.30 as Georgia tees it up against Tennessee. Uh, of course, we want to talk about the Georgia-Florida game. I mean, th- there's a lot of Tennessee talk to come on the show as we progress. Uh, we had some breaking news this morning about Nolan Smith being out. That'll play into it. Uh, but first, I think it, it would behoove us to get Coach Donna's thoughts on the Florida game uh, because a lot of what we saw in that Florida game will have impacts on the Tennessee game. So it's, uh, you know, the fact that you had Nolan Smith go out, that you had, you know, offensive linemen moving around, that you had uh, – Don Blaylock kind of get banged up. Xavier Trust missed part of the game there. Uh, there's just a lot of different things that went on in that game, and I want to get Coach's overall thoughts. Before we get to him real quick, please do us a favor. Uh, hit the like button and share this with your friends. Let us know where you're watching it from. Put your questions in the comments if you have them, and we want to give a big shout-out to all of our sponsors, of course. We'll mention them later on the show. But, of course, I uh, want to mention Athens Ford, Your Pie, Academy Brewing Company, Dead Soxie, uh, Prime Shrimp, and My Perfect Franchise. Coach, let's get your thoughts on the Georgia-Florida game. I know we had uh, almost thousands upon thousands of people watching the show with you and Dane, but I want to get your thoughts on the Florida game, kind of uh, what what stood out to you. Yeah, I just want to also point out, uh, which you did very admirably about game day and and also SCC Network uh, having whatever they call their shows coming in here. So later in the week, Dane and I are going to talk to the uh, two hosts of those broadcast uh, Paul Feinbaum will have a separate show with him and we'll also have one with Reese Davis getting their take on uh, what's going on and uh, exclusively on the uh, rival network here like we uh, try to do to help our fans out to give them a little bit more insight in what the regional press there and uh, Paul Feinbaum and also the uh, national guy Reese Davis who really has been great about being on with us so and those are favors that they're doing for me, Roddy. I, I put the request <laughs> in, and they said, well, coach is around, I guess so. Up, but the, the biggest deal for us is uh, you, you might uh, be be on the lookout for that. We'll have it. We'll record it Wednesday and then put it out, so uh, give, give, give in their take. But, but from the Georgia perspective on the game Saturday, I was just really uh, amazed at our efficiency, at the preparation, the way we went about our business. Uh it was just a very dominant win in a lot of phases. Uh, certainly the third quarter is something that people have a tendency to focus on, and rightfully so. Uh, we got a little bit too big for our britches there on defense, and then all of a sudden they did the things, Florida, that we knew they were capable of coming into the game, uh, running right at us, uh, jumping yeah. around and hitting some balls in the seams. So uh, we had a busted coverage, which, you know, you can't have those in, in big games, but Offensive preparation was there. We had some good work uh, 
third quarter, we didn't have many plays on offense, and, and uh, consequently, two of them were turnovers, and so that really limits your possessions. But when when our backs were against the wall, we rose up and really had two magnificent marches and some really good uh, coaching by uh, Munkin and the offensive coaches as far as what they did. Uh, you know, we still have some lapses where we don't really force the ball to Bowers, which, you know, I guess that's just part of it, but hopefully we won't have that Saturday. But uh, defensively, the first half is as good as we could play, uh, except for the one penalty where Bear Alexander didn't hear the whistle. And uh, what happened there, uh, according to a couple of coaches I talked to, we had a, a call that we didn't like. And so we, uh, Coach Smart, overrode rode the call and called the timeout, and then Bear didn't hear it. And they got a 15-yard penalty and, and got that, you know, that momentum going. But uh, we could sit here for days and nights and centuries and talk about what went wrong and all that. But I, I would think that most of this show needs to be dedicated to uh, Rocky Top and what we got to do in that game. And uh, certainly 8-0 and with the rebuilding team, any way you look at it, 28 new guys that uh, I mean 28 guys we had to replace uh, just really having a great year and uh, I think it'll continue really took took advantage of the off week and took advantage of having Carter in the game and uh, really uh, bad news on, on uh, Nolan Smith one of our three best players on defense um, losing him it's kind of like losing Anderson last year like we lost him right there down the stretch you know, at all uh, and uh, affected our defense a, a lot. Hopefully, some of these other guys can take up the slack. But, but the big deal is having Carter back. Just uh, I guarantee that Mays kid's having nightmares thinking about him lining up on him because I promise you we're going to line him up on his head and let him jack him back into the quarterback. So uh, that's about all I got to say. Dan, your thoughts on the game? Florida or Tennessee? Where do you want me to we'll run? We'll start with Florida, then we'll move to Tennessee because there's a lot There's a lot there for both of them. There's a little carryover. Yeah, a lot of things, I think, to be encouraged by. One, that Georgia was really good on the line of scrimmage, dominant in some aspects of the game, not always. And that includes some reserve offensive linemen that had to come in, which I think is going to be a big key moving forward <laughs> for Georgia's. How are offensive linemen that are rotating in that weren't starters and they're being thrust into some positions? Same with the defensive line as well. Um, with Stetson Bennett, I actually found him to be very in control most of the game. The interception that he had intended for Dejan Edwards was horrendous. And that's the play that Georgia has to avoid. But other than that, I mean, the Don Blaylock interception was just one of those weird, like there's nothing Stetson can do about that. There's not much Dom could do about that. It just happens. And overall, I thought Stetson had Georgia in the right position uh, the offense is scoring points and it's moving. Yeah. It's not always the most explosive looking thing. And I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves, but overall Georgia can score with Tennessee. No, yeah. Right. I'm just going to point out one thing about uh, the tendency. Uh, this guy's the most heavily scrutinized uh, person that I can ever be uh, associated with, with any program of all the ones I've ever been been around, uh, coaching, playing, everything. He is spectacular quarterback. I'm not talking about good, average. He's spectacular. All the things that Munkin asked him to do, 
not many quarterbacks in the country could do. All the calls he has to make, every chance he has to fail, every chance he has to succeed. He's had an unbelievable grade. If you graded him out, talking to our coaches on, on the year, uh, even in the Missouri game, we had some guys bust some routes. Uh, just thank the Lord that we've had this guy. Kirby Smart has got the has got a ten million dollar contract, and he deserves it. But he, you know, I guarantee Stetson's helped him get that. So yeah. I don't want to. I don't want anybody to to think that I'm on any kind of off bandwagon. All you can get mad at me. You can scrutinize him. It's always Stetson did this, but he didn't do that. You know. Nothing to say about what Dane just said. Well, that's, that's what we're doing about the whole game, though. That's why I said you had three great quarters. You had one bad quarter. And how does that relate to this upcoming game? And I think Dane points it out. Georgia put 555 yards of offense on this uh, Gators team. They put 42 points on the board. If you score 42 points, you're supposed to win. There's We can complain about the third quarter, but you had a fumble. You know, you had a, a, a pick, you know, when Dejan Edwards got bumped off his route. Things happen. The reason I want to bring, uh, say, instead of just looking straight ahead to Florida and maybe not, I don't want to dwell on the bad stuff, but it comes out that that's where everybody's so nervous about this Tennessee game is like, can you have those, can you avoid those same problems and be the offense that we saw through three quarters and be the offense that you have seen against Bandy and uh, Oregon, you know, just that. They were feeding the tight end so much in the first half. I'm sitting there just raising my arms. I'm like, Hey, look! It's Brock. It's Dardell. It's Brock. It's Dardell. It was just glorious, and they were just then they mashed and Kenny McIntosh ran over some people, threw some people. Dejan Edwards scooted through. Everyone's like, "Can Georgia score enough points to beat Tennessee?" And I'm with Dane. I'm like, "Yeah, as long as they don't turn it over." And that's where my fear comes in, Coach. But other than that, that's I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on this offense. Bullish on Stetson. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be the onus on the offense to, to, to score points. I don't think it's going to be one, a game like uh, Alabama, 50 points. Uh, I, I don't see that. I, I think our defense has way too many uh, alignment situations where we won't be misaligned, where, we'll be, where we're supposed to. We won't give them a lot of easy shots. We've got the home crowd going for us. Our offense will keep the ball uh, – uh, I don't think we got to score every time. We got to play field position. We got to take advantage of the pressure we get with Carter. Uh, I'm just looking at what we got to do to win, but what we can't do is turn the ball over. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, I've told teams before that you can't turn it over. We had three turnovers against Florida in the first half the year we beat them, and we still won. You just never know about that. Yeah. It's just, It's just statistically you shouldn't have a real good shot against Tennessee if you if you turn the ball over that's for sure but uh, you know I'm I'm not willing to uh say that Tennessee's got all this great stuff until they actually do it uh against us uh you know they had a hard time with Pittsburgh a team that's uh, 500 right now uh, they beat a, a really good LSU team down there and they beat a good Alabama team and really demolished Kentucky so uh, a team that uh, South Carolina Gamecocks demolished too. So uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, I, I respect Tennessee's team greatly, and I respect uh, what what they've accomplished. But I also know that uh, let's don't shortchange what we got. We got to put our strengths against uh, their weaknesses. Their defense gave up almost 700 yards two games this year. So 
they're not going to be some magic potion. I mean, I wouldn't trade our line for any line they've gone against uh, Kentucky. Are you kidding me? Alabama, are you kidding me? I, I think we'll knock them off the ball and we'll make a lot of big plays on offense. And there's a perception and reality thing with Tennessee because the perception is they have this passing offense that's unstoppable and they go to it so often. Tennessee runs more than it passes. Yeah, they got a good running game, and it's all based on how you cover their receivers. I mean, if you've got a five-man box, they're going to run the ball some, and uh, that means their, their lineman's going to have to block our front group. Uh, last year, we, we we ran a lot of four- and five-man pressures on them. Once the game got uh, – we got used to them, and we, we got him off his spot, and that's what you got to do. The guy's not a real scrambling quarterback that to throw the ball when he runs – he usually runs. He doesn't move around and then throw the ball. So we got to get him off his spot, knock him back. And, uh, you know, I like the way we can cover people. Now, we're not great back there. Uh, we're not going to stone them, but uh, I don't see those guys running down the field with blinker lights on either. Yeah, well, let's talk about a little bit about this defensive front, getting, get, getting to him, getting him off his spot. You were rushing last year. You had Nolan Smith. You know, I think – you know, the news this morning, we, we found out last night that Nolan, we, we heard last night that Nolan Smith had a, his pec injury was bad and might need surgery. We were able to confirm it this morning. We put out the story. A lot of people woke up to the news that Nolan Smith is out for the season. Uh, Godspeed to him and his recovery. Hope he it's quick and uh, he's ready for the combine in uh, uh, March um, or maybe even the season. I don't know, but it's, just, it's, it's, it's not good. So, Coach, what does Georgia do without Nolan Smith? You saw the drop-off. I mean, you might not say it was because you're kind, but to me it just seemed like there was a huge drop-off when Nolan Smith left. And that's not a shot against Chaz Chambliss or uh, uh, Robert Beal, but they're not Nolan Smith. And you know, Marvin Jones Jr. was out with a flu. What does Georgia do to replace Nolan at Jack? Got to use different guys in there and uh, move them around. You know, Chambliss coming off a hamstring injury. That's so he, he's deal. not he's not really 100%. Bill's very capable. Uh, I, I like uh, Marvin Jones. Uh, you might see uh, some of these groups like we did last year where they, they moved, uh, you, you know, some people around and put – put uh, we might could put uh, Michael Williams out there some. Uh, it just depends on uh, what the down and distance is. Uh, you got to win first and second down against them some and – get them into some obvious passing situations because they're not a pass-protecting team. Most of their passes are off play action, you know, where they fake up in there and then give them some help. So uh, uh, it, it's going to be uh, kind of a chess match. But let me just tell you, Georgia hadn't been sitting around there with all those analysts and all those people over there uh, getting ready for Georgia Tech. I mean, uh, <laughs> even though we, we'll be ready for Tech, I mean uh, – We've been working on these guys for a long time, and we'll have a good plan. Uh, I wouldn't change, wouldn't trade Kirby and uh, Schumann and Muschamp for any defensive coaches in the country. How, how do you prepare for this? Kirby said, you know, was asked about it, and he said the same thing about other teams that go really fast and have really high-powered offenses. Your scout team can run the same plays, but they can't do it as well as a team that does it every day. And, you know, people point to the fact that uh, – well. You know, Florida hasn't seen a defense like the I mean, Tennessee hasn't seen a defense like this. And uh, Tennessee struggled with Pitt or struggled with this team. I'm like, well, Georgia's and all these other teams, hopefully, are getting better each week. And so Tennessee could, looks to be getting better each week. Your 
your scout team can't duplicate it. How do you prepare for this? Like you said, they've been doing it for a while, but but what do you do to prepare for it? Well, what you do is what you do is let your own offense go against your defense some because our own offense can line up quickly uh, okay. and, and run some plays, maybe not necessarily the same ones Tennessee does, but at least make you get lined up. You look throughout that uh, Alabama game, Alabama consistently was trying to get the calls in, to, and you, you can't be, be thinking about what your calls are. you got to have your regular calls, and then you got to have uh, no huddle calls where you just look at it and go real quick. you got one, two, or three calls, and then you go to it. But uh, I know some teams just have one check and line up in that all the time. Well, that's you can't do that because they'll they'll eat you up. So, uh, but simulating it in practice is 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 hard to do. But what we do a lot, which I like under Coach Smart, is we'll do some half line stuff where half the field will be uh, with one huddle going against half the uh, the defense. And then on, on the other one, you'll run a play and go against the other defense just to simulate real quickly what you got to do. So there would be maybe a two two wide receivers and the right guard and right tackle and the back and the quarterback going against one group real quick and then on the other side. But obviously you got to get all 11 too, but that's a way to break it down and do it. And then another thing you can do is just let your offense go out there and uh, use their fast stuff and – We'll do some fast stuff on Tennessee ourselves too because it worked the other day. I mean, we we, yeah. ran, we ran a good play down the goal line after we just had a big play to, to bail, and that, that's what you don't want the defense to get lined up quick. I love it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I want to mention a few of our sponsors. Uh, one big one and that's new for us is the folks at My Perfect Franchise. It's Andy Ludecki, and I had one of our dog vent readers reach out to me today. Can you give me? Can you give me his number? I'm thinking about making a change, a corporate change, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I got somebody wants to work for themselves. And uh, if any of you, uh, and there've been plenty, uh, former uh, account managers or whoever, anybody who has gone to my perfect franchise and worked with Andy Ludecki and now have a business, and I know that's a bunch of people on the dog that have done that. Let me know what your business is. Let's put a post up on the dog vent telling everybody to go check out your business. You know, we're not going to charge you any advertising rates or anything like that. We just want people to know that, hey, uh, you know, uh, Doug's got a new roofing uh, company. So if you're in the Austell area or something like that, hit him up. So we'll be happy to advertise or at least promote your business. So but if you're trying to uh, diversify, you're looking for some uh, the ability to create some income and wealth, you know, let Andy guide you through the 3000 different options there are for franchises. Just, you know, let him know that, Hey, I'm looking, it doesn't cost you anything. It's free. You don't have to pay him anything. So the call is free. The consulting is free. He gets paid by the franchisee people. So don't worry about it. It's just reach him out to him. It's a, uh, it's a no brainer. So reach out to him when you get a chance. And also I mention our friends over at Athens Ford. Fantastic sponsors of not only our show, but our podcast and I mean our watch along show and the uh, UGA Sports website. They're up to 300 vehicles now. I saw like 370 the other day. They're, you've been in the 200s. It's been as high as 1100, but as COVID hit and there was the whole run on cars dropped down, but they're getting more and more vehicles all the time. They're actually getting back into having sales on vehicles. They didn't have a lot of those for uh, the longest time on the new vehicles because they just didn't have enough new vehicles to do that but now there's special financing special uh, deals 
And of course, they had that new mobile service where you actually, uh, if you're in the 20 miles of Athens, you need a, the oil change, you need a uh, battery changed out or something like that, uh, get a flat tire. Any of the kind of simple stuff they can do, they will send a mobile van out to your place of work. They'll send the van to your home and do it for you uh, right there on the spot. So you don't have to take your car in to get it fixed. So hit up Athens Ford when you get a chance and check out Andy Ludecki. One of the things I wanted to bring up from watching some Tennessee film for Film Don't Lie that we do with uh, Brent Rollins Mm -hmm. is how Tennessee has struggled. And this is pretty common sense when teams blitz them. It was the surprising thing that Alabama did not attack the pocket. When Pitt did it, Tennessee made more mistakes in the passing game. So that tells me, one, Jalen Carter obviously will have an impact on this game, but then what does he open up beside him? I think Michael Williams, the name the coach just mentioned a few minutes ago, is going to be big for Georgia. The other thing, and we've seen this happen on a few occasions, Malachi Starks has to play a really clean game in coverage. Tennessee will target Malachi Starks, and his performance, I think, could very well determine how this game goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on the pressure, but uh, hard to t- hard to really uh, in their offense to target Malachi uh, as a safety because uh, he's over the top type guy. But uh, you, you can do you can certainly ta- target the uh, nickel and the dime guy. If all of a sudden we play dime and Malachi's in there, we could see him. Uh, targeting him but uh i don't see us playing a lot of split safety coverage against these guys uh if we do it'll be that means we feel like we can get enough rush on them and play five under man and uh you give away the quarterback runs in it's just going to be a a you know a kind of a chess match but certainly based on saturday it was obvious that was a bad read by uh, malachi and, they, and he just came off the hash wrong i mean he's playing too deep coverage you got to get de- deeper than the deepest guy and come off the hash he was trying to anticipate and uh, he, he's going to make some mistakes but uh we'll see how that works coach when i look at this team and i was watching the uh film breakdown that the film don't film don't lie guys did dane and i thought uh uh, Brent did a great job breaking it down. It just watching Tennessee line up almost out of bounds and then watching their offensive line heel to heel with all this space in the middle to work for, uh, it, it looks very effective. You know, if you spread out to cover the wide receivers, they gash you with the run. If you come on the inside, they got the gash you on the outside. Has anybody really beaten this offense? Is there, a, is there, a, in other words, I'm sure it's been tried in other places. Has somebody looked at it and said, okay, this is how you beat it? Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, uh, it, it's a derivation of the Baylor offense. That's where it started. Art Browse, yeah. you know, Art Browse. And the way uh, Heupel picked it up is he hired uh, one of uh, of the guys that coached on the Baylor staff when he was at Missouri. This guy from Baylor came over and uh, helped uh, Heupel put it in. So we played against it two years against Heupel when he was coaching at the Missouri Tigers. And you know, they hurt us a little bit in the game here that one quarter where they had some really deep balls. And, you know, but we still beat them very badly because their defense was bad. Out there, we we really did a good job against them. Uh, it just depends. Uh, it, it's not the fail-safe, all-healing thing. If everybody thought it was, it would be more teams running it. But Exactly. It just it just who, who stopped it? Who shuts it down? It just depends on, uh, you know – uh, but basically, you've got to stop 
the run enough where they just can't keep going to the run and, and making first downs. Cause every time you make a first down three more chances to take a shot or three more chances for, for this quarterback to pick you apart. Uh, they run four wide receivers and they use them different ways. When the ball's on the hash mark, they like to stack their receivers into the boundary one-on-one, both of them close. And if you don't put significant, pressure on those guys they'll throw a, a bevy of screens over there and make seven eight ten yards right off the bat because you don't have quick run support but once you get over there on them with two guys close then they'll run a myriad of picks to get one of them open over the middle or down the boundary and then to the field the wide slot guy they're going to figure out how you're going to play that guy and that's where Hyde plays a lot of times and if you're playing him with a a safety or a, or a star guy, not a really good cover guy, then they're going to work on him man-to-man, either breaking post or breaking flag or just throwing the fade to the inside receiver. So very similar to what Ohio State did against the Alabama in the national championship game when they had uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, they just wore the, the star out for, for Alabama. They just killed them throwing the ball in but and behind him and, and running the RPOs to Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, it's going to be, you know, I think more distinct for me would be what, what we're going to do and what we think we can do to stop the run is going to certainly ha- add what we do to stop the pass. So if we think we can stop it with a four and five man box, then that leaves you with seven or six guys to defend. And I think, more times than not, to the field, whether they're in three-by-one or two-by-two, you've got to have three-over-two out there. You've got to have somebody helping that slot guy, either inside-out bracket, uh, trap, something where Christopher Smith is helping Bullard or Lassiter or Tyke Smith, whoever's playing that slot. And then your two corners are just going to be on an island. They're going to be playing – either press man or bail man, uh, the one into the boundary and then the one into the to the field. So Tennessee's a very well-coached team. They're aware. And so do you remember the play, Roddy, where in Florida, Anthony Richardson looks over and he sees that Georgia has one guy on two receivers and it's an immediate throw. Let's get our eight yards and move on to the next play. Tennessee does that expertly. They're, yeah. they're always aware of the numbers in the space. And the other thing, there was even a play against Kentucky where Tennessee had a guy that was limping and Kentucky thought, well, he's going to the sideline. He's getting off the field. We can substitute right now. Well, he just lined up right beside it, as, as Tennessee does, right beside the sideline. And there's a penalty on Kentucky for having too many players in the field because they weren't allowed to substitute. This yeah. is going to be preparation and coaching because Tennessee will force you into mistakes if those things are lacking. Right. That's their style. And conditioning is paramount, too. Kirby was talking about that on Monday. Uh, you know, last year we had some guys that, had some injuries that got well quick that slowed them down a few times. I don't know how that's going to happen this year, but, uh, you know, uh, occasionally you can, have, you, you can have a guy have his uh, ingrown toenail hurt and then he has to stop for a second. But I'm not saying that we did that on purpose, but, but it happened several times. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that you got to be aware of and watching the game here, and I hope CBS – is on top of it. When they really hurt you is when they make a first down running or a short pass, 
and then they huddle up, they, they run a play very quickly. You better be ready. As soon as they make that first down, they're going to snap the ball and try to get you either out of place or without a call or misaligned. Uh, and and they, they're very good at it. And uh, we, we've worked hard on it. Uh, killed Alabama. I mean, the other thing that I couldn't believe Alabama did was just rush three the whole game. I mean, Will Anderson was a non-entity in that game. He did nothing. Who You know, you just figure you just cut the guy loose. So uh, I'd be surprised if we don't have a minimum of four, maybe five rushers every down in this game. Yeah, kind of like that, like Pitt did, as uh, you guys pointed out on Film Don't Lie, just sending people. Uh, I like it, and if you, especially if you can get to him, hit him a bunch of times. Uh, don't don't give him time. Of course, he's quick, though, but I, I think you both nailed on what my biggest issue was or my biggest fear was that you get used to that. Okay, they, you see the first down uh, notification, and you feel like you have time, you know, as the chain moves. You know, that it kind of the, the standard flow of the game and in your you're so used to, OK, well, I can walk back to the huddle or I can walk over to get lined up or I can put my hands on my hips and look over the coach, get the call. No, they love to just gas you when you're not expecting it. So um, here's, here's the other thing about Hendon uh, Hooker. He played quarterback at, at Virginia Tech and had a OK career there. I mean, they lost to uh, Liberty when he was the quarterback for Virginia Tech. Liberty beat him. Uh, and as good as he is, they had the whole spring practice, fall practice last year, and he wasn't the starting quarterback. They picked Milton over him, the kid that transferred from Michigan. So he has developed into the system, and the system's worked with him. But that in itself kind of tells me, hey, this guy wasn't all, you know, in all – just all inspiring when he came in there. You know what I mean? He, he didn't – here's the hypo of his offensive genius. He he didn't think he was good enough to be a starting quarterback. And then all of a sudden, now he is. So, there's some things that he might not do as well when pressured that we, uh, we might find out Saturday. And as much as I think that the narrative in this game is about what's happening with receivers, what's happening with secondary, the main reason that Alabama rushing three against Tennessee was frankly kind of stupid is you get no cumulative effect of making Tennessee's offensive line tired throughout the game. And what Georgia needs to do in this game is win at the line of scrimmage. And to do that, you need to have those guys working early and offensive. When the fourth quarter comes, they're not as fresh. And that's a way that Georgia has been able to win in recent years. And we have to see if Tennessee has that in them. The other thing is Kirby calling out our fans. I mean, every time they get a five-yard penalty for illegal procedure, that's, that's a better chance we got of getting them off the field. First and 15, second and 12, third and 11, man, those are a lot harder. So uh, we saw the Arkansas game last year, how we affected that game, uh, the crowd. And, uh, you know, they use the count that, uh, like everybody, they got all kind of different counts, but uh, crowd noise is going to be effective here too. And let's just call it like it is. They got to come in here at Sanford Stadium and a team that's won a lot of games here, hasn't lost a game in over two, two and a half years in this stadium. And, uh, you know, they want to be competitive with Georgia and all that and feel like all these things, but uh, let's don't sell ourselves short. I mean, sometimes you start 
looking and worrying about the other team and not enough about your own team, uh, what we can do good. I, I really feel, I like this matchup. I, I like the challenge of it. And uh, I, I feel like our offensive guys are really uh, feel like they, they're kind of being uh, overlooked from the national perspective. Everybody's talking yeah. about Tennessee and everything, but uh, Tennessee. a 13-17 game, Coach. <laughs> Tennessee's defense is getting ready to see some, some mashers coming at them, I promise you. Now, speaking of, uh, we saw that Xavier Trust got uh, injured in the game. Uh, how big – if Xavier Trust can't go, how big is that for Georgia? Yeah, I like I like Willock. I've, I've liked him ever since he got here, and he came in and did a good job. He had a 15-yard penalty, but you also got Erickson, who's solid. Uh, he's smart when the team's blitzing like they do. Hey, if they feel like the, the answer to us is blitzing us, I hope that's what they do because uh, – we got a savvy quarterback. We got an offensive line that can pick that stuff up. I think we've only given up seven sacks all year. So, uh, and one real misnomer everybody talks about Tennessee's rushing defense. The reason their defensive numbers are up there is because they get all these sacks and, and lost yardage plays, and that goes against your uh, uh, rushing defense. I, I think uh, we'll run the ball very effectively on these guys and we'll make some big plays. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do when we're challenged like we were against Oregon. Uh, you know, our team came out there and met the challenge. I feel like we can do the same. Well, I, I want to ask, too, just, Coach, about the volume of offensive linemen battling injuries. So you mentioned trust. You have uh, Amarius Mims have his knee injury. He might be able to play. We'll see. Might not. And then uh, also Warren McClendon has been playing a little banged up. So do you feel good about Georgia's reserve offensive lineman shuffling not in there? Good, not as good as I would if, if all of a sudden there were, these guys were coming in as the first backups. But I like Erickson coming in there. I think he can he can do the job. Uh, if Mims is down – that hurts us at tackle because we don't have any experienced guys that have played tackle. You know, Ernest Green out for the year with the back. So uh, I don't know what we would do there, but uh, it's going to be uh, up in the air about Mims, I guess. But uh, the fact that he – Kirby said he didn't think it was uh, too bad compared to maybe what uh, Carter's was. Carter had to miss a couple weeks. but So here's my question, Coach. I know you're in the Hall of Fame as a having had a offense that led the nation in rushing and an offense that led the nation in passing. So for me, when I think about Georgia's offense in this game, I think about Kenny McIntosh ran like a man. He had that one inter- uh, fumble, and then he was so pissed off after that. He ran some people over and just looked like a man possessed. Dejan Edwards just scooting through that quick twitch that he has. Uh, Branson Robinson killed a safety or a corner. I don't know who it was. He just ran over a guy, just beat him up. Uh, you saw them run, go right at Brenton Cox and drag him into the end zone. And I know you feel bad about Brenton Cox no longer being on the Gators. I, yeah, we'll cry after the show. But then you also have the tight ends. And when I wrote my column last week, I said, I'd love to just see them feed the tight ends. We saw that in the first half, then they stopped in the second half. Again, to your point, there weren't a whole lot of snaps in the third quarter, but I want to feed – Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers get them as many touches as possible because I don't think Tennessee has anybody that can meet up with them. But also that running back core and that big offensive line, like you said, here come these mashers. If you're mashing the ball, running it down their throat, Hendon Hooker's on the sideline. 
you're eating up clock. They don't need a lot of clock. They they have the least amount of time of possession of anybody in the league, but they also score more points than anybody. But it's just long drives where your defense is fresh when they actually go out there. Do you lean more on the run game of this one, or do you just feed those great tight ends over and over again? Yeah, I think you got to look at, at what you think you can execute, knowing that their their style is to try to pressure you. Um, okay, we can pick up the different there are certain runs that you run on uh, on blitzes, and there's certain you know like quick pitch or the quick screens and things like that, and then your your play action. Sometimes not as good against that because they got a run through guy. But uh, I, I think you're going to probably see some of the stuff we saw last year against uh, Tennessee. Maybe a few more bootlegs, a few more on the move type stuff to avoid that pressure. And uh, the misdirection hurts that stuff. We're really getting good at the counter play. Uh, we're using yeah. Bowers as a as a turn up guy, and I think that really hurts a defense because you take care of all the gaps by blocking down. And they're really careful about that. And they, they have to start coming from the outside. And then when you come from the outside, you're giving away who, who's playing man coverage. So if a corner splits and the safety's got to go over the top and help cover the guy, if if the outside backers come and then the free safety's got to come over there and play man on your tight. So it's going to be a chess match for their defense against us too. But, uh, you know, just deep down, like I said, I mean – there's some warts there. I mean, you gave up 450 yards passing to Anthony Richardson. I mean, and he's a good quarterback, good runner, but good Lord. Uh, you got to look at, at Stetson's accuracy compared to his. And then, and also almost 450 to, uh, to uh, Bryce Young, who really did it was kind of Houdini against uh, Alabama, the way he jumped around on the, he doesn't have near the protection that we have. So, they're going to get some lost yardage plays on us. That's what happens when you take chances. But uh, I like I like uh, the matchup, our offense versus their defense. I mean, I like it. I love it. <laughs> I also – I don't see – again, I mentioned the turnovers. Georgia's been – the games they struggled in, Kent State, Missouri, and although, I mean, you won handily, but you were trailing against Missouri. Uh that third quarter against Florida, it's when you give the ball over three times and stuff like that. When Georgia's in positive territory, they just kill teams going away. Uh, but when I look back at that, what Tennessee's done to these other teams, I'm like, you've made them play terrible. LSU didn't play great. Alabama played awful, although they scored 50 points. They had 17 penalties, a record-setting number of uh, uh, penalties against them. Kentucky played poorly. I don't – this, to your point, Georgia's been in this situation before. They just played for a national title. They faced – remember, they're supposed to lose to Michigan. Michigan was, what, the number two team in the nation? And Georgia went on there and just pants them. Uh, they they had the big opening against Oregon. They had the big opener against uh, Clemson, a top-five matchup to start last season. Georgia's been here before. I don't see them having 17 penalties. I, to your point, they, they've been working on them all year. I think some folks need to have a little faith in Kirby Smart. My biggest fear, though, is just the fact that, you know, Nolan's not out there. I'd feel a lot better yeah, if Nolan was healthy. The thing about turnovers, where does a turnover happen? If it happens on their end of the field, then it doesn't bother me. And you're going to have interceptions. You know, Brett Favre, all-time great quarterback, has the most interceptions of any quarterback that's ever lived. I mean, you got to throw it up there, man. you got to take some – got to take some shots. And look how many drops we had the other day. Darnell Washington had three drops himself. 
uh, not to mention the one that uh, McConkey dropped right through his arms on the on the one, which was huge. So uh, the, the the thing that I talk about in big games, you say, you know, you coach is hey, one of the biggest things is when you got a chance to make a play, you can't say my bad because you didn't make it. You got to make it in a game like this because you might not get another shot at it. Yeah, you've seen War McClendon was asked about that fumble that he didn't fall on, and his face just dropped. He's like, ah, I thought I had it. I thought I – because we work on it all the time, you know. What I'm going to do, which everybody – I talked to Dame. When you get ready to fumble, recover ball, you got to cradle up like the fetal position. You, once you dive on a ball, all it's going to do is fall out of there. you got to come in there sliding, put your arms out, and cradle it. And he didn't use the right technique. The effort was there. Yeah. But, you know, you got to go in there sideways and, and get the ball and cradle it. You can't bounce on it like that. So uh, that right. was a bad, bad fumble for us. And uh, that was really the only turnover we had on our end of the field. I got you one for you, Dane. So going with how Coach said you attacked this uh, Tennessee offense, seems to me like, you know, if you, got to, if you can stop the run with four or five guys, is your MVP when the game's over Dumas Johnson? I mean, the, George's linebackers are going to be key in this, both helping defend the pass, but then also helping stop the run there. I mean, that's that's how George's kind of become the defensive dynasty it is with really good inside linebacker play. You think about the guys last year that helped win the national championship. One of those guys are here, and yeah. Smile Munden's coming off an injury. I'm just thinking, this is this his breakout game where with George's victorious, I was like, Dumas Johnson. And we yesterday they were uh, – who do we speak to? Uh, I can't remember the guy. Uh, Zion, Zion Lowe was talking about him. He says, I've seen flashes of N'Kobe and Dumas Johnson, you know, and he's that uh, he's laser focused. And coach, I'm thinking if George is successful in this game, maybe it's because Dumas Johnson is, you know, has, and we know he's had a breakout year, but maybe this is the one where he really cements yeah, himself. I mean, he's, got crowd favorite. he's got a chance. To make. But the keys in, the, in a game like this defensively, one open field plays. Can you get the guys down when you got a chance to make a tackle on a, on a uh, some kind of bubble screen or a tunnel screen or quick screen? Get them down. Don't let them get three or four yards after contact on that. Make it second and eight instead of second and four. Open field tackling when you when it's you and the and the guy you're the last guy getting down. You got to get them. Yeah. Uh, you can't have busted uh, missed tackles there in the open field. Also, playing the ball in the air. Uh, when you got a chance to knock it down, you got to knock it down. We got a chance to pick it off. You can't say, God, I wish I'd have caught that. This guy's going to throw with more velocity than the defensive back coach throwing you little tip drills and stuff. <laughs> you, catch, you, you know, so we'll work, we'll work doubly hard on the ball machine this week with our linebackers and our secondary just to, to uh, emulate the velocity. And then, then the other thing is, how's the game going to be called? Uh, are they going to let us engage these guys down the field, or are we going? Are they going to call everything little nitpicking? Like, and you know, I mentioned that in big games, but seriously, the refs make it tough if if you lose your aggressiveness because if you're going to play press coverage and Kirby likes man coverage, I mean, he, he's that's what he likes. You, you're going to have to engage the guys and knock knock them off their route a little bit and hope that the rush gets to them. Otherwise, if you're a little gun shy about it then uh, those guys are going to get by you and he can throw the deep ball as good as anybody i mean he lays it out there uh 
and last but not least, hope that they pee down their leg a couple times and drop some. Yeah, I mean the band's gonna be playing occasionally. You see these good players, uh, and I'm just gonna tell you one quick story here. Are you gonna give us commercial here? But I got no, go ahead, give, give the story. Then I'm talking. I'm, I'm just gonna give you a story here that I like to talk about in big games. Serge Bukka was the all-time leading uh, pole vaulter in Russia, and uh, going into the Olympics in '92. I think it was 92. He had never even lost any pole vaulting competition, not once. He, he never even – anybody even came close to him. And But now he's going for the big prize. He's going for the Olympic gold medal in the pole vault. So 15 feet he passes, 16 feet he passes. That means he doesn't – he didn't even That's go. Right. Yeah. So he gets on up there. So now he's got his first shot at it, and he goes and he doesn't get over. No problem. I've never been beat. I'm Serge Booth guy. I've never had this kind of pressure on me, but I can handle it. Second time he goes on the, on that same same deal. He doesn't get over. Now it's down to hey, the band's playing. They're doing everything's going on. I got to do it, and the heat's on me. Can I get over the bar? And he didn't do it. The all-time the best ever at pole vaulting couldn't get over when he had to do it. Now, that's what I'm talking about, Tennessee. They want to be what they got to be. They got to come down in the Sanford Stadium. They're going against some guys that know how to win. Can they get over the bar? Can they do yeah, it? You're right. Georgia had to do it, too. I mean, you remember last year they, Can they, they do it. So, I mean, somebody to Alabama just, had that game. It's just you a know? lot of pressure on you. I mean, yeah. Uh, and particularly if they get off to a poor start, you know, you know, a lot of times things like that happen. And like Florida yesterday, uh, last week, they got off to a poor start. And it, even though they regrouped a little bit, it was too late. But uh, you're not going to come back against Georgia very much, I don't think. Not the way our team uh, – our guys, you know, we know too much about them and these are our fans. and We don't give these guys enough credit. I mean – God, they're a good football team. You got a lot of discipline. They don't make stupid penalties. Uh, I mean, you got to be proud when you walk out of the stadium and just watch this team play. I mean, you see all these things happening around college football, guys getting in fights in the locker room and smoking dope in the locker room and all that. You don't hear that bullshit about Georgia. No. <laughs> Um, and I wrote a I wrote a column that's on UGA Sports today. Just I think this is the final piece of a dynasty for Georgia of becoming that team that is so feared that they are winning before the game starts. Mike Leach said this about Alabama earlier this year that if you want a Mississippi State player to to be afraid of the team across from them, just put Alabama on the jersey because that's how they play. Can Georgia's reputation and aura? and what Sanford Stadium and everything that comes with it, can that make Tennessee feel like it's trailing from the beginning? I think this is the test of that. It did for Arkansas last year. Yeah, yeah and you give Tennessee credit. They got the monkey off their back against Alabama and Florida this year. I mean, two teams that they've had a hard time with, but they almost didn't do it on either one of them. And uh, they got a shaky field goal kicker. I mean, this guy, you know, kicks more balls, uh, spirals on, on field goals than I've ever seen in the protection I mean, they, they're, they're very vulnerable to uh, – I hope they let Carter come in there and try to jack them up a little bit. I mean, uh, we could block some kicks on them. Uh, I want to mention our friends over at Dead Sox. We talk about something that has a good kick. 
I don't know if that uh, kicker's not wearing the right socks, but uh, if he did, then maybe his kicks would be a little bit uh, more accurate. They wouldn't be that wobbly thing that he beat Alabama with. Hopefully, Georgia's been able to get some of these athletic socks from Dead Socks and put them on the Georgia players. And if, I hope you have your lucky socks to wear this Saturday when Georgia takes on Tennessee. Uh, they're fantastically, when it comes to comfort, they don't slide down your leg. Uh, you know, if you get big fat calves like mine, you always worry, you know, they feel like, feel like you're being strangled you know when you pull up some of these socks that are too tight these actually do not do that but they don't also stretch out then slide down so you're constantly pulling your socks up like i'm constantly pulling up my sleeves when i'm sitting there doing this show uh check out our friends at dead socks remember if you use promo code uga sports you'll get 20 percent off uh, it's gonna be 25 percent off so hit up our friends at uh, deadsoxy.com try it out now every week on the dog vent we have a score prediction I'll put that up here in a minute. The winner, the person who gets closer to the score prediction uh, gets a uh, little uh, prize pack from our friends at Dead Soxy. So they're giving out 15 prize packs a, you know, a year. They did it last year as well. So, again, these are college people who, you know, two old Miss grads who love college football. And, you know, you know, they're excited about their Rebels right now. But they also make them for Georgia fans, for Alabama fans, for LSU fans, because they just love college football. So hit them up when you get a chance. They better give some socks to uh, Lane Kiffin. Keep him there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, he's uh, he's in that uh, – he's in Ole Miss. Uh, not far from there is our friends over in New Orleans. Uh, this is, is the Prime Shrimp Company. They make great shrimp. Uh, it's It comes to you frozen. You know, they, if you want their signature season or their French Quarter Alfredo or their garlic herb butter – you order it online. It comes to you frozen with a little block of dry ice. You take it out. You stick it in your freezer. When you decide you want great shrimp, you just basically boil some water, drop in the bag, pull it out, cut open the bag. Your shrimp is done. You don't have to thaw it. It's no fuss, no muss. It's incredibly simple. So uh, use promo code UGA Sports and you'll get $20 off your first order. Now, considering a lot of this shrimp does not cost $20. Uh, like say you get the signature season that's two packages it's 18 bucks if you get 20 bucks off your first order so go ahead and get the garlic herb butter that's like 20 and then get your signature season for free so hit up our friends at primeshrimp.com when you have a moment all right daniel bring in some questions yep we have 10 minutes left in the show so we'll try to be quick with our responses so we can get to as many as possible yeah. Let's go to Strict Dog 7. How important is Stetson's running ability on Saturday? Do we see more play action in boots versus the five and seven step drops? I hope so. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. Whether we will or not, I can't really uh, project because we, you know, we like to drop back. I mean, that's our style. We drop back more. But uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, last year against them, we moved him more than we did any game. So maybe we'll do it again. From OU Herschel Walker, Coach, who do you think is most likely to fill in for Nolan Smith? Is it Beal, Chambliss, Sherman, Jones, or maybe Sorry and Jalen Walker? And then he also said, do you think that Georgia puts a spy for obvious passing downs on Hooker? Yeah, I think you mentioned everyone, those guys. Maybe uh, they might look some at uh, Sorry and Jalen Walker athletically have the ability to, and particularly when you know that you're not going to have them the rest of the year. Maybe for one game you might try to get by, but you got to build up for not only this game, but hopefully the playoffs and everything. And, 
you don't want a, a lesser player on the field when you got a better athlete that plays another position. So I could see him using maybe maybe training those guys. I don't know if they'll be ready to go. As far as spies, sure, you got to have one uh, to watch out for this guy moving with the ball uh, when he when he gets off his spot because he can make first downs and that's what they're looking for. He, he's very good at, uh, but he's also a very slight looking guy. He's not real real thick and uh, we got to pound him. I mean, we got a chance to uh, hit him. We got to hit him and make him think about it a little bit. From Rec Dog 27, do you agree that Munkin and Smart will go a bit old school and play the bully ball approach? He said, if you play mistake free and play the time of possession game against Tennessee, that can uh, and play extremely physical in fourth quarter. He says, I just don't see the need for running tempo and trading shots. I just don't ever see us running bully ball here. Uh, that's not our style. I mean, I wish we'd do more of it, but uh, we, we're a we're a pro team that throws the ball, looks to throw the ball first, and then runs. But uh, Kentucky couldn't do it against them. Uh, I don't think we're going to line up and try to do a lot of tempo and try to match match their uh, scores. But I, I do feel like our defense will stop them some, and uh, and their defense will stop us some. I don't see a Donnie Brook like Alabama game myself, but. What I meant by us, we just that's just not our style. We we don't look to run the ball near as much as we look to throw it. From coach on the dog fan, Coach Donovan, what was the biggest in quotes game that you were involved in as a player and as a coach? Hmm. I think player playing in the Houston Astrodome when when they were ranked up there right in the uh, top five in the country, and we went in there and upset them, and. Uh, I had a pretty good game. It was it was big on the road, and then uh, as a coach, you know, playing for the national championship and winning it several times, playing for it and losing it several times was uh, just as much fun. But except the end result, but uh, that's why you play and coach, uh, you know, playing championship games, and that's what Kirby's talking to our team about. This essentially the championship game for us because if I don't see anybody else beating Tennessee the rest of the year, uh, we certainly got two tough games left after this, but uh, it's kind of, it's why you come to Georgia playing games like this. From Go Dogs 1371, he says, Coach, in your experience in big games as an assistant and as a head coach, do you feel like, if talent's equal, that the more established team has the advantage or does it favor the up-and-coming team? Does Georgia's experience in playing in the playoffs and SEC championship games carry over? How would you advise Kirby Smart and the rest of the staff and the players um, with a game like this? Uh, let's see. Since as the OC for Oklahoma, y'all played in a game like this seemingly every year. Yeah, you're talking to your team about situations that uh, occur during the game and you practice that all week and you, you refer to them, this is what happened to us against so-and-so. This is what this is how we acted and uh, reacted. And this is why we're here where we are because we knew how to handle this. Uh, and you, you're also uh, – and I've made this analogy about going into to exams and taking tests and all when you're prepared and you know the, the material – is one thing, but being relaxed when you go in to take it and and, and and enjoying the moment as comparing to being really tense about it. So uh, we, we just tell our teams preparation uh, gets you ready and we're going to have you ready. And our players have tremendous belief in Kirby Smart. Uh, they know that he's going to put them in the best position. And then after that, it's up to them. And I always talk to you, your players about 
proper technique and uh, knowledge of assignment. And if you know your assignment and you know have the proper technique, then usually uh, the team that had the, mo the most guys that have the athletes are going to win because you don't beat yourself. Uh, last thing, most games are lost. They're not won. Uh, you know, coaching – about turnovers. You look at uh, – you look at the coaching mistakes that uh, Bill O'Brien and uh, Coach Saban made at the end of that game, uh, just really poor. I mean, you know, you don't ever give the other team a chance to win the game in regulation when you can win it. At least you can get it to overtime. And they gave them another 17 seconds. So that's coaching. Uh, we, we got a guy that's really sharp on the sideline. He's got a lot of help. I think having Mike Bobo now – uh, around during the games is another plus because he is kind of the analytics guy and he can go right to Kirby about the situations, you know, that, that they've talked about in the pregame and all week and remind him of it right there on the sideline. So he's huge for us too. Let's get this from Monday morning QB. Then we'll take a break and get the last of the questions. Says, is Jalen Carter being back actually more important than losing Nolan Smith because he sets up so shallow when passing? Yeah, I think at this point you gotta you gotta use that. I mean, you gotta use it just because you don't have the other guy, and you, you talk to your team about it. Look, we we're gonna have to, somebody's gonna have to fill the void, but it's not like we're not playing without Carter and Smith. So um, you, you go with what you got and adjust accordingly. Uh, we got other guys that can rush the passer. I promise you that. Uh, you saw uh, Williams come inside the other day as an underneath guy. So uh, I don't know that, that the sacks are going to be near as critical as the hurries, getting the hands up. If we could get three knockdowns, I mean, just three tip balls at the line of scrimmage or linebackers running underneath something, that's three less they can catch. So, you, you know, you set your goals along those lines too. Yeah, I, I agree with him. I think getting Carter back, you hate losing no one, but – you have guys that could kind of do what he does, but I don't know if anybody replaces Jalen Carter. He's just a beast in the middle. Uh, speaking of a beast, there's a new pizza over at uh, your pie. The spicy Italian pizza is here. It looks phenomenal. It's uh, Today's a good day to order it or order it now for, you know, if you want to order it for Saturday. Place your order today on Tuesday because it's double points day so that when you use your, uh, uh, your pie app, you get your double points. So you go ahead and say, look, uh, the game's at 3.30. I want to pick this up at, you know, whatever your tailgate is. I want to pick it up from this location. Uh, they're all over the state. I've mentioned the one in LaGrange. I've mentioned the uh, – uh, I was driving up 75, and I saw one way down there. I think it was, uh, it was like in Valdosta or someplace. It was really, really far south. Uh, uh, I know there's one in McDonough. So they're all over the place. So if you have a chance, go to the Pie. Um, uh, the one in Covington's phenomenal. There's one in Loganville, Monroe, of course. Downtown Dublin has one. Shout yep. out, Dublin. So, uh, hit up any of the Europe locations, let them know that hey, I want that uh, spicy Italian, and I'm going to order. You can have it for dinner today, you can have it for lunch, a late lunch now. You can get a salad, you can get the uh, uh, breadsticks, you can get the gelato, you can get beer, anything you want over there, and just do it and get the double points today. Also, I want to mention our friends at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, that is a great place to go. They're just celebrating a new anniversary. They've got a, a game day beer out. 
I know that Matt Casey, the uh, founder of it, was actually he's got videos of him in uh, Jacksonville. He's a huge, huge dog fan, so he was down in Jacksonville having a blast. Uh, they had a huge uh, celebration for Halloween. They have some open jobs over there, so they need a uh, kitchen manager. They need a front end manager. Uh, of course, you know, I guess tomorrow is the the bike night because they have let's give me this Thursday, the first Thursday of every month they have bike night. So hit up hit up uh, for bike night this coming Thursday, and of course then Sunday they'll have the uh, car show uh, along with their beer and biscuit brunch. So check out our friends at Academia Brewing Company. Check out their new game day beer. If you're coming in for the game this week, be sure to stop by there either on your way in or your way out. Or if you don't have tickets, watch it there. All right, let's run through these really quickly from North Buckhead Dog. Coach, how does Georgia handle the emotions of such an enormous game early, knowing that Tennessee typically gets off to a fast start? Yeah, I mean, you just go back to your your coaching and your teaching and just say, look, uh, we got to be careful about – uh, being too aggressive and uh, overplaying your technique and not doing what you're supposed to and making a mental error. And uh, you warn them about that, but you, you also understand that everybody's not perfect. You're going to have some mistakes, but we just got to limit those. And uh, th- that's the way I, I keep going back to our practices, but our practices are very difficult. They, they put them in a lot of stressful situations. And he's on them. I mean, he's right on top of everything. I mean, he doesn't miss anything. Um, if the manager doesn't put the ball exactly where he wanted it, I mean, he's he's on it. I mean, he knows all that stuff. So, I mean, uh, I've never seen a guy that had total control like he does. Uh, Mikey P had asked about the philosophy of Tennessee's offense. We hit on that earlier. Another question about George's game plan against them. We hit on that uh, from two dogs walking. Are there any calculated risk that you take on defense to pick off one of those swing passes? Ooh, good. Two dogs walking. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that Indian that named his kid. Uh, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the deal here is uh, – as far as a swing pass, that's taking a pretty big chance. But once in a while, you can tell the end that you can give him a, a, a faint call where you look like you're going in and then you take a step up and then bounce out on the swing and hope you can get a hand on it or maybe knock it down like Lorenzo Carter did for the Falcons the other day. So uh, that was more of a screen pass. But uh, I, I think the faint deal where you – act like you're rushing hard and then bounce out there uh, is, is a way to do it. And uh, you, you can't just line up against a really good quarterback, whether it's Tennessee, whoever it is, if they know their system, you got to remember they do that every day. They're based on their reads, what they do. And you got to make them make a couple mistakes in the way you do that and show them something and then go to something else from that preliminary look. I think more to, when you told us about how uh, Florida rotated, I mean, Georgia rotated its safeties against Alabama in that uh, game where Chris Smith had the pick for one guy, they just they spun him. I never saw that. And the fact that they implanted that in the week going into the game and it worked like a charm, I'm like, yeah, well, that's genius. Two did more here. Did the same thing with McCown on Tua. Uh, yeah, that's what I was referring to. I, I yeah. got him backwards. Well, From Chris, PA yeah. Dog, Coach, would you use Bear Alexander more than he's been used? He seems like a disruptor on the inside pass rush. I think you keep using Bear. I mean, he's getting better all the time. To me, 
Trey Scott's a very good developer. I mean, this kid missed spring with his shoulder, and uh, he's just a puppy type. Uh, I guess you call him a cub. I mean, he's a bear cub. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's coming along, but he he's definitely got a lot of physical traits that are going to be good in the future. And uh, I like the way he's he's responded. And that, there goes again going against our offense all day. He he gets to practice against some good linemen, and he. He understands you just can't use your physical traits. You got to get some technique because these guys are going to, you know, get leverage on you. So you just can't overpower people. You got to use some swim moves. You got to use some two step things. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of value in, uh, in practicing against our offensive line. And finally, from Double Deuce Dog. If you were the coach this weekend against Tennessee, would you have your team drink pickle juice? Well, pickle juice is part of our program over there. Uh, you know, and the reason you use it is to help against uh, having, uh, you know, cramps. It's going to be about 78, maybe 80 degrees. So uh, we got plenty of depth. Uh, pickle juice is good. Uh, Powerade. Uh, there's a lot of different things to use. Uh, we Some of our players get IVs at halftime uh, just to read reduce you up uh i think maybe some of the coaches probably gonna need an iv too it's gonna be high <laughs> some of the fans definitely will be high intensity but uh those fan ivs are usually you know, asw distillery bourbon straight into the fans i tell Somebody you what with, i like with a flask and a boot what I, I think that was a good question from was his name double dog or? double deuce dog double duke dog what i really think that the, the fans would like to know is we have a, a lady assigned under Collier uh, Perno, uh, who is our uh, lady that handles nutrition. But, but, you know, just like you have an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, she has a, a, a person that's in charge of the vitamins and the uh, different types of uh, needs that each player has. And every day at practice, they have their own certain little of pills that they take that are, are – conducive to their own practice habits of what they need to make them better. So that lady sets up an individual cup for each player every day. I mean, now did you know that, Roddy? I did not, but I was thinking what would – mine wouldn't be a cup. It would be one of these size mugs full of a leave. And yeah, you had some pure pure hate. High blood pressure medicine. But some pure I hate. Know what, what I read that they put in Anthony Richardson because he got banged up on the first play and then the second half came out feeling great running the ball all over the place. I'm like, what yeah. did he have at halftime? Well, I think it's just good to, that the players are going to be with, with the, uh, the uh, system, the GPS system that watches them during practice and, and sees how their weight affects their practice habits, their – their nutrition, all that. I mean, these guys are monitored to be optimum performance on Saturday. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, all right. Uh, Kurt, there are a lot of questions here in the comments, Coach. I'll ask you two of them real quick. Uh, uh, Lo Joe says, do you see any trick plays in this game? Sure. I mean, everybody likes to call them special plays. Well, you, you, you look for something, some kind of gadget will get you an extra – uh, first down or get you a big play. We had one the other day. We ran the yo-yo play, or as people call it, the flea flicker, and there was miscommunication between uh, McConkey and and uh, what he where he ran and where Stetson threw the ball. And really, based on the coverage, Stetson should have come off of that and thrown the underneath route 
because he was, you know, he's very, if the guy's either wide open or not on the free flea flicker. And then, uh, but I like special plays. I tell our players all week long, look, you only got one chance to run this. You got a chance to pull their pants down right in front of 92,000 people. Are you going to be the guy that keeps us from doing that? So you've got to be really on top of it, execute your assignment, and the only way this play won't work is if one of us does something they're not supposed to. You know, uh, we ran a flea flicker against the team last year, and the guy that was supposed to be going down to catch it didn't get the signal. I mean, how can that happen? But it happens. So special plays, trick plays are good. I mean, Halloween last night, let's carry it over to Saturday. There you go. And last question from Thomas Dewey. Is Marvin Jones Jr. starting on the defensive line this Saturday? I doubt he starts, but – what do you think about Marvin Jones Jr. getting in there? It's I like Marvin. He like played a lot, though, Coach, and this is he's got to be smart in this game. That's okay. He's come around, though. I mean, the guy's practiced hard. He's been going against Broderick Jones and McClendon all fall. Uh, he's not going to see anybody better on Saturday than what he's practiced against. He might not uh, go in there and be as good as you, you know, as an experienced guy, but he's very talented. And he gives you a lot of uh, hope for the future. I mean, the, the defensive players that we got on this freshman team are very, very good. I mean, Starks, Williams, just Walker, just go through all those secondary guys, uh, Everett. I mean, we, we got some really good players there. Love it. All right, folks, uh, appreciate you sticking around with us. That's all the time we have for this week's show. I want to give a yeah, shout make out sure to Make sure to watch later in the week. Now, Dane, you tell them when they're going to be on there, right? We'll have one uh, later tomorrow and one on Thursday. Yeah, so we're going to have uh, Paul Feinbaum and Reese Davis on the show. And uh, I know a lot of people were talking about talk about going on Feinbaum, and I just love the fact that Paul Feinbaum comes on our show. That's just that rocks. And of course, Reese Davis is a phenomenal watch. He's one that predicted when Georgia won the title last year. He said, "Hey, when Georgia wins, they are going. It's going to be a blowout," and he he nailed it. So. Uh, shout out to the two of them for giving uh, Coach and uh, Dane time later in this week. And, of course, we will have our uh, recruiting show later tonight. Then we'll have Around the League on Thursday and uh, tons of fun stuff uh, popping up. And none of this would be possible without our friends at Athens Ford, Your Pie, Academia Brewing Company, Dead Soxy, Prime Shrimp, and My Perfect Franchise. We will see you folks next week to talk about the Georgia-Tennessee game and look ahead to Georgia-Mississippi State. Take care. We'll be bra-